0: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio on WGR Sports Radio 550.
1: To the goal line, declare. Out there with off. it's back to the point, the shot well wide, and now Buffalo can break out. Three on the attack, Quinn drops it. Cousins with the pass, Paterka shoots and scores from the far circle. J.J. Paterka is California dreaming, and the Sabres are up 4-2 to with 15.27 to go in the third period. He's not
2: and that voice you heard on that goal by J.J. Paterka was, of course, Dan Dunleavy, who joins me right now on the West her hotline Sabres are in their all-star break along with the rest of the NHL. Figure figured it was a good time to kind of reset, look ahead to what's considered the second half of the season, whether it is exactly the second half or not, and where the Sabers stand and what needs to be done. So, Dan, thanks a lot for doing this today. I really appreciate you, man.
1: Hey, no worries. Reset's a good word. Yeah, no doubt. It. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah. No doubt about it. All right. Well, where does that begin, right? Because obviously this team is in a pretty tough spot. Um, they got a lot of a lot of teams in front of them, a lot of points to make up if they want to climb back into this playoff race at all. Now, last year we did see them kind of make that surge at the end of the year, and I'm sure that the organization would love to do that. It's also a spot where if you spend so many resources trying to do that and making moves, you might hurt yourself down the road. So, how do you balance out what they need to do kind of going forward here?
1: Yeah, it's a good question because you've, you've got a team that you've seen, as you mentioned, uh, go on a tear and, you know, against the exact same peers that they'll be facing um you know there's not a lot of change when you look at National Hockey League rosters uh, if you want to compare them to the National Football League you've usually you could go over any lineup and see maybe a couple of role players and uh, if a team is lucky they've acquired maybe a a top-notch goal scorer but for the most part you get your core nailed down like the Sabres have and this is true for most teams and then you kind of you tinker with your bottom lines and you, you look for those kind of players to whether it's self a lead or whatever. So, you know, Buffalo's in a position where they've got the same core guys right now, minus Jack Quinn, of course, who's out for a few weeks with that um, injury and post-surgery situation. But, uh, you know, I I think if we had the answer to that one, we'd be able to tell you how many points they'd get and what kind of a tear they could go on. But at the end of the day, from where I sit, I can tell you, um, you know, and obviously being close to the team, but also looking at it from a realistic point of view, Do they have the offense that can lead a team to go on a run of six or seven games and win that many games straight um, at some point here in the next week or two? Without a doubt. Uh, Do they have the completeness of that, you know, from your top six to bottom six uh, to defend as well as score and make sure you keep the puck out of your net and not leave it up to just your goaltender? I think that's something that the group is still trying to grow into that kind of identity. Um, but offensively, I mean, they've got the horses to do it. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. They And as you know, um, you know, in the National Hockey League, it's a streaky game. If you get guys who start filling the net here and getting on a bit of a roll, even though that's what people have been waiting for, there still is runway to do that here. And if they can do it, they can make things interesting. To your point, with the number of teams that you have to also have ahead of you falter significantly, to make up not just a 9 point point differential but to make sure you know you can gain those let's say you gain 7 of those 9 points but then you need the teams ahead of you to also drop 7 of their next 9 just to get even with them so it's um it's a tough spot it's a position they put themselves in uh, but again, if if it turns into a case of do they have guys that can put the puck in the net, sure they do. Uh, I think it's the totality of their game they're still trying to nail down. One of those guys,
2: the guy that we just heard you call the goal on, that's J.J. Paterka. I mean, what a fantastic season yeah. he's turning in, right? I mean, he's on pace for about 35. I'm just trying to do the quick math in my head. I mean, that's a really, mm-hmm. really nice jump for J.J. Paterka. Unfortunately, his running mate in Rochester now injured again in Jack Quinn. But what have you seen from Paterka? Why has he had this jump?
1: Well, it's interesting. Every time I talk about Uh, Paterka, whether it's with Razor or anybody else just around our group, I, you know, the first thing I bring up is I wonder if he realizes how good he can be Mm -hmm. when he really starts to grow into his game, because obviously he's so early in his career and he's relying on just raw talent right now. And for him, that's his speed. Uh, I'm not sure if he realizes the full potential of how strong he can be. Uh, this guy is built. He's, um, he's got a frame on him. That's got to be tough to knock off the puck. He's quick. He can shoot the puck as we see. And I think if he continues to develop a a real fearless attitude about going to the net, he's going to continue to draw penalties like he did as we saw on the California trip. He's going to continue to get scoring opportunities, and it's up to him to capitalize on them. Uh, What's impressed me about him is that he has just kind of done this growth, not without his teammates, but I think this has just been a natural you know, another year in the league, another year figuring out what I can do. And as I just mentioned, I don't know if he realizes still how good he can be. And and that's going to be something that will be interesting to watch through the latter portion of the season here, no matter who his running mate is. If it's still going to be, and I would assume, but I, I don't want to assume for the coach. But, mm-hmm. you know, Dylan Cousins, I think, is someone who he's got a level of understanding with. I don't want to say comfort. I think it's more of an understanding. Uh, I think Dylan's played a lot better of late as well. Agreed. And then whoever you put as the third person on that line, if that is the line that's kept together, the two out of three, uh, whether it's a Yuri Kulik or a Zach Benson, I'm not sure where they might look here, but um, I just think J.J. is a guy that is, I don't know, he's just done it because he can. Now, what's he going to do when he figures things out about, oh, You know, I could literally go here every time and nobody can stop me without taking a penalty, or nobody's going to literally stop me from getting to the net. It's just a matter of me getting the finishes. So, you know, that's what I've liked, what I've seen about him. What I'm intrigued about is where is he going to go with this? Because that's really going to be up to him.
2: Yeah. And the guys that obviously had those years last year and haven't had quite the production this year just mentioned one of them cousins played better as of late. It's really kind of coincided with Jack Quinn. And then you know, Tage Thompson and he's had opportunities, had games, but it's really been the power play struggle, you know, with that, maybe the, the points right there. What have you seen from those guys trying to fight through it to make sure that they kind of get back to the level where they were last year?
1: Yeah. I mean, fighting through a bunch of things, I would think, I mean, Don's talked about it throughout the season and we know Tage had a little bit of hindrance with his hand earlier in the season. And, um, you know, they're, they're just, when you're, uh, when you're playing this game, much like the NFL, pretty much as soon as training camp is over, you're dealing with something, right? Yep. Because at some point you're getting hit. Um, some point you're getting banged up. And when you're, uh, I've never been, uh, you know, like a 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, frame to know what it's like to, to <laughs> stay 100% healthy so I can do all those things that everybody marveled at last year for his size and, you know, just growing into his talent. I think what I've liked about Tage's game lately is that in fact, fighting his way back to how, uh, in my opinion, he has to play, is remembering that all those dangles are amazing, right? That's highlight real stuff, and it's kind of jaw-dropping as well, again, for every reason I just mentioned. You know, uh, to be able to do that, to have that kind of size, and then just dangle guys and walk through them was really cool to watch last year. But the reality and the threat for Tate Thompson, to me, is, yes, the dangling, but it's the shot. The shot, to me, opens everything up. Um, it's a little bit like everything you talk about with the Bills. It's, you know, mm-hmm. what what else opens up that aspect of the game that allows Josh Allen or the Bills, whatever aspect of their game, to be successful. So for me, what I've liked about Tage over the last little while on the power play is he gets the puck, he shoots it. Now, it's the responsibility of everybody on the other side of the ice to make sure that you've locked down the boards on that side because, as you know, if Tage is going top corner, far side, if he doesn't hit it, that puck's coming around and it's either going to be out or you're going to trap it on the wall, keep it in, or at least have a shot to do that. So for me, Tays needs to just keep shooting the puck. Um you're shooting the puck at 99 or close to 100 miles an hour, do it. Rip it, let it go. Um if I had that talent, I'd be whipping it by the goaltender's ear early in the game often and I'd try to get him flinching in any possible way, much like a lacrosse game, but um, you know, for me, cage shoot, and maybe that opens other things up as well. If they're going to back off cause you're shooting, it gives you more ice to maybe walk in and do some of those things that you were accustomed to doing last year.
2: Dan Dunleavy joining me here on the West Hur hotline. All right, let's take a look at the goaltending. I think going into the year now, if you would have said to me of the three guys, One of them is going to kind of emerge as the number one. I think I would have picked UPL as the third guy on that list, to be quite honest with you, Dan. I mean, his ascension as well, but it hasn't necessarily coincided with maybe what some of us thought Devin Levi could become, and I think that's unfair because he's obviously so young, and the expectations are right there. But just how do you handicap where you see the goaltending right now and where it can go?
1: I promise you this is the truth. And who knows where UPL's game goes from here, but it is certainly on the right track. That was the guy I didn't want to see anybody give up on too soon. Was Zuko pekka Lukonen, based on his trajectory to the National Hockey League, based on how it took him a little bit to climb at each level, but once he made the climb, he became a best at his position. And I think we're seeing now where he's made the climb in understanding the National Hockey League, in where to play the position, how to play the position, and how to play it aggressive, kind of a passive-aggressive approach where he's not... Um, jumping around the crease to make saves, he's just there. There's times they're going to get beat, whether it's a low glove or top shelf, whatever's going to happen. But for the majority of the shots, he's there. He's anticipating the play. And for me, when I see Lucan making stops, and this is the same pretty much for every goaltender, and I know you understand this, when they're making those stops and they're on the edge of the blue paint and they're not backed into the net, that to me just shows a confidence that they're starting to read shooters. They're starting to replace. So to me, it's not a surprise that Lukan has done this. I think he's done it throughout his entire career. It's obviously the hardest step to take. um, But, you know, he had to wait for the opportunity. Obviously you mentioned the Devin Levi situation. Devin came into the league and he took the city by storm and he earned every opportunity that he got based on how he was playing. And, The thing that I like about Devin is his attitude away from the game as well. I mean, this guy is dialed in. Mm -hmm. And I think I really do subscribe to, without being a general manager or coach, I subscribe to Devin Levi playing as much hockey as possible over the next half of the season. And if that means it's Rochester, that means it's Rochester. Let him play. Let him feel like Superman. Let him feel confident. Let him feel invincible. Let him get everything that you want in that position in his head and then see where you go from there. And at the same time, you know, you've seen what that's done for Lucan, and you just want to kind of keep that role going there. So um, we'll see how they handle the position down the road here. I'm sure there'll be ups and downs between Rochester and and the Sabres. But uh, right now, UPL, love what I'm seeing. And Devin Levi, go dominate. That's that's where I see it. Let's uh, look big picture a little bit. They have a lot of their core pieces. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
2: It's under contract, right? They gave out some contracts last year. The one that's coming up is Casey Middlestad. He's the team's leading yep. point scorer right now. We've seen a jump in his game. How important yep. is he to this roster, to the core, and how do you handle that situation with him being an RFA, do you think?
1: In terms of puck possession, I know you look at possession numbers in the NFL. In terms of puck possession and winning the puck off of board battles, which is uh, 80% of the National Hockey League, uh, you watch a game and just look at the majority of the game where it's played, it's the battles on the wall. And Casey Middlestad has realized a strength in his game, and that is it. So when there's a puck battle on the wall, just think of the number of times you see Casey as the guy that comes away with it. He came into the league wanting to be a goal scorer, as as all shooters do, right? and then you start to realize, what, or you start to go through a phase of, what is my role here if I'm not filling the net? Casey, I think, has realized his role. I I don't want to say he settled into it, but there's an understanding of what his strengths are. And he's more often the guy to win that battle, look for line mates, distribute the puck. So to me, that is an important uh, avenue for this hockey team going forward because you need the puck first of all. And you got to have someone that can get it to the guys, whether it's Tage, whether it's Skinner, whether it's Alex Tuck, whether it's Quinn, whether it's Paterka. Um, you got to have a mucker on the wall that's going to come away with those pucks. Otherwise, you're going to look down the road and think, oh, we need one of those guys. So did it take a while for Casey to evolve into this role? 100%. Would it be fair for some people to think, hey, Casey's been here for a while, Uh, it, it wouldn't be a bad thing if he got an opportunity somewhere else and the Sabres look for some other kind of dynamic? I wouldn't blame the opinion. I wouldn't agree with it. I also like that there's a fire and competitiveness between guys like Casey and Rasmus Dahlin who are close, but they bring out a dog in one another that not a lot of people see. Uh, that dog comes out of practice and away from the rink. I know Casey's kind of a mild mannered, and when he talks, there's, you know, there's not a lot of fire and brimstone from him, but there's a real competitor in there. He's a feisty guy, and I like it. Uh, and I think he and Ross really kind of bring that out in one another. So. I like him. I would, you know, hope that they can keep him around for every reason I just mentioned. Uh, If they decide that, you know, and if Casey decides too, you know, it's a two-sided story here that there's another path to be taken, then so be it. What, if we do get Kulik up here
2: for Jack Quinn, what have you seen from him in in the short stint or even the time you've watched him in Rochester?
1: Yeah, Uh, someone who's trying to find their way, I think. Um, You know, you come out of a World Junior Tournament, and again, amongst your peers who are your age, Uh, it's a little bit easier to be a boss and then you get to the American Hockey League and certainly the NHL but let's stick with the American Hockey League is professional hockey a lot of people think about being sent down to the AHL. You're you're playing professional hockey against guys who've been in the NHL and guys who are who are fighting again like dogs to get up here so it's it's not an easy league even though some people want to make you think it is and what I've seen is a guy who's just kind of coming off of that world junior tournament and trying to find out how to have that same vibe or mojo at the professional level. And I think at times that's not been the, um, I don't want to say not the easiest thing, but it's certainly been a bit of the puzzle that he's been trying to figure out. So is the game there hundred um, percent? I haven't seen how much I'm going to assume he puts a ton of work into it. Cause I know the coaching staff down there, but a lot of it really does come the same as in your game and in football. It's the preparation before the game. How have you prepared yourself to play the game tonight? And how are you you handling the moments when you don't have the puck? That's the big thing for hockey. You know, we just talked about Casey Middlestat. So I I haven't seen enough about Yuri when he doesn't have the puck. Obviously, when he has it, he can score. Um, But I would be uh, very much on side with him being, if they want to call somebody up here with the absence of of Jack Quinn, I would be very much okay with giving him, uh, you know, more than just a two or three game run. Uh, with a spot perhaps on a line like that and just let him be himself. Obviously, there's defensive responsibilities in this game at this level that you have to be quicker on and understanding of. But let him let him go find it a little bit here. Um, We've well, got a few weeks to do that. I would certainly personally like to see it. Um, if it doesn't happen, you've got other guys, obviously Benson or whoever you want to slot in there. But uh, I'm, I'm a fan of seeing Cooley for a few more games at the NHL level. to we'll see what he's got here.
2: All right, let's talk league. In the East, what mm-hmm. team? Give me a team that you think has been playing above what you thought they would in their expectations, and a team that kind of yeah. hasn't gotten there yet that we need to keep an eye on.
1: <laughs> okay, well, Buffalo is the latter one. <laughs> for sure, yeah. Um, and I mean it. I mean, you, yes, I think you ask right. anybody in the Eastern Conference, I agree. who's the team that hasn't given you what you thought? I mean, yep. you ordered the sandwich, and where's the meat? Everyone's still waiting for that, you know— that whack of meat in the Buffalo sandwich. So I'm going to answer that even though this is a Buffalo interview, but the team, uh, I think that for me, I just continue to think, Holy cow, look what he's getting out of him is the Philadelphia Flyers. Sure. Um, You know, obviously they're playing a really committed style of hockey. Um, Coach Tortorella is holding guys accountable. And I think, listen, this is coming from a Tortorella fan. And I know the entirety of his career, um, but the reason I'm a fan of him is because he demands a certain level of compete and commitment to how to do your job. It's not unlike coaches you deal with on a daily basis in the NFL. Yep. Um, if you don't bring that compete, if you don't come to do your job, then John Tortorella is going to let you know. It could be through benching, ice time. It can be through um, a stint in the American Hockey League, if at all possible. And I just like the way he's handled the team this year. I like the way he's not specifically called out players um, for a reason to a fault of the team's performance, but more so of a, uh, I remember, I can't forget, I can't remember the, the player at the moment, um, but it was just a few weeks ago how he mentioned, you know, uh, well, you, you did this to so-and-so, what was the reason for it? He said, well, I really felt he reached a plateau here and I need him to get above that. So we're, we're going to work with him on that, but we're going to do it this way. So, to me, that's coaching. You know, it's not giving up on a guy. It's coaching a guy. So, the Flyers, for me, are the surprise team. Um, the not surprise part is just, it's. people say John Tortora has a shelf life. Yeah. If, if so, then the shelf life <laughs> is perfect timing for Philly. Nobody expected this from the Flyers. Are Nobody the, predicted this at all.
2: Are the Toronto Maple Leafs built well enough to win a Stanley Cup this year?
1: I don't see it just because there's too many questions in that for them, and I think defensively, there are, based on games that we've seen and games that I've watched, fair enough, too, away from the game, uh, our own games, mm-hmm. that there are still defensive holes in their game that when it gets to playoff time, if you do shut down Matthews and Marner, um, then you're relying on Tavares, which is fine, but he's not, you know, the spring chicken would be the yeah. term, I guess, anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, you're going to need a lot of gas in the tank come that time. So, it's as you know, it's a different style of game. You know, it's the one league. I, I don't know if people would say it about the NBA, but when you get to NHL hockey playoff time, mm-hmm. it's 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 a completely different league. Yeah, that's right. From yeah. what, yeah. from you know, the league doesn't want to hear me say it, but it's from what is perceived to be called and what is not called to what you can get away with to the battles, um, all the things that happen in playoff hockey just change. And for the Toronto Maple Leafs, do they have guys that can score a ton? Yep. Uh, are a couple of them simply amazing? Yep. Do they have a totality of a team that could win a Stanley Cup and that depth um I'm not 100% sure on that.
2: Speaking of Toronto, this weekend is the All-Star game, the skills competition yeah. up there. Are you are you an All-Star skills guy, game guy like how much are you going to be, you know, dialed into this?
1: You know what, it's interesting you say that cuz years ago when I worked at the Fan in Toronto mm-hmm. and we used to talk about this all the time and I said, "You know what, I'm just not into the All-Star game anymore." And then I said, "Hey, dummy, you're not the 6- to 10-year-old, to 13-year-old, 15-year-old <laughs> right. kid, right? That's what these events are built for. That's who they're built for. And they're built for sponsors, yeah. uh, which we desperately need and love in all of our sports. Um, but at the end of the day, kids don't care. We care. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about game plans. We talk about goals above expected. We talk about saves above expected. Um, you know, you're talking about running routes and who ran the proper route, and rightfully so, because that's all part of the game. The kids want to see Josh Allen. The kids want to see, <laughs> right. right, if he's healthy, Gabe Davis. They want to see Stefan Diggs. The kids want to see Rasmus Dahlin and Dylan Cousins and Quinn and Paterka and Jeff Skinner. They love him. They absolutely love him. And Thompson and Alex Tuck. They don't care about the stuff we talk about. So, to me, that's what the All-Star Game is all about. It's getting the best talent in the world on one stage. Go have some fun with it. So, yeah, I'll be dialed in for some of it for sure. I do not take any of it seriously whatsoever. Um, because the next time I have to work with Razor and understand his descriptions of what's happening on the ice, then I started getting serious again.
2: What do you, what do you do this week? You kind of recharge your batteries? You do anything special to get kind of ready for the second half of the run and get the, and get back at it?
1: Yeah, this is uh this is dog day. The dogs are getting, uh, I gotta go. Uh, I keep getting a call buzzing <laughs> on my phone here. It's our little beagle. that's apparently ready at the spa. There you go. Um, love it. I got Ben. I got Bandit in the back of the car. We're okay. right at the fairgrounds over here on in Hamburg. We went for a walk around the parking lot because there's no snow here. Nice. Um, so yeah, it's just recharge. Coming back from California, which was a two out of three. Should have been three to three trip. Um, got another tattoo out there. of Bandit. So it was a successful trip for me anyway, uh, and the team. Uh, I think two out of three. If they can win two out of three for the rest of the way, uh, they could make things interesting. So small bunches for me. Um, but break time. You have no time for a break. You got to cover a man. Are you NFL all the Super Bowlers or is it the big game?
2: Uh, we can call it the Super Bowl. We can't make money off calling it the Super Bowl. We can't have like a sponsor or some sort of yeah. ad or something like that. You know, I mean, there's all these yeah. different, th- different rules, but you're right, man. The NFL yeah. just owns the calendar, right? It's like we go right into combine, senior bowl, then combine, then free agency, then yeah. owners meetings, then draft, then schedule release. I mean, the NFL's kind of figured out how to keep everybody talking about it year round and keep people like me busy year round.
1: Yeah, yeah. And can I just say um, for Bills fans, as the guy who came into town 11 years ago and lives here now, this team is not far off from winning it all. I really mean that. And I think, uh, if I can add, I just think it's a depth of position situation for this team. Um, You know, if you had a healthy Gabe Davis, had a healthy uh, Milano in your linebacking core leading that defense, I think things would have been different enough by two or three plays that we'd be having a discussion about. The big game slash Super Bowl. We're not making any money off of our words coming up. So, you know, no, I don't think right. you're miles I don't think you're miles away from it. I literally think you're maybe one you know, two plays on defense and two plays on offense, and you're there. And to me, that's pretty darn close.
2: No, no doubt. And before I let you go, you actually you, you talking about this reminded me of something, a combined football and hockey here. And I got this stat. I'm gonna give you a stat of the day for it. you might already know this, I'm not sure. This was given to me by Dave Naylor. Do you know Dave? I do. Yeah. Okay. Dave's a great guy and he covers the bills from up there in Toronto and he comes down and Dave Naylor gave me a stat, Josh, this is amazing. He said, there are more Canadian citizens, guys with Canadian citizenship on the LA chargers than the LA Kings. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. Interesting. I'll have to start watching Chargers games. Ah,
2: there you go. And I went and I looked, and it was oh. right. It was like six to five or something. Like five Canadians on the Kings. There's like six guys on the Chargers that have Canadian yeah. ties. It's incredible.
1: Well, as you know, yeah, and as you know, being a guy growing up in southern Ontario, there were Bills fans everywhere. Yeah. And you know, I know the battle between Leafs fans and Sabres fans. The irony is, many of those Leafs fans are Bills fans when they come down here, and they. They just changed their jerseys, and they, they joined the group. <laughs> the like, Hey, didn't I beat the crap out of you like two weeks ago at the arena? Yeah, but now we're voting for the same team, so good on you. All
2: right, listen, man, thanks for doing this. I know you got your dogs there, and you took some time out of your day. I really appreciate it. Back at it February 6th at home, Sabres Against the Stars at 7 p.m. and right here on WGR on the Sabres Radio Network. Thanks a lot, Dan.
1: Hey, no worries. Tell your wide receivers to be as good of blockers
2: as they are catchers, all right? That (laughs) matters. You got it, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Yeah, no doubt. Dan Dunleavy, great guy there. He'll be on the call. And all the calls, of course. Sabres getting back after it on February 6th at home against the Dallas Stars. They got a lot of work to do. I'm not holding my breath. They're going to do it. But I'll watch, and I'll see. Maybe you come out with a win, then you get another win. And if you stack a few, you never know. I'll say the same thing I said last year about the Sabres kind of in the same situation where they almost did it. They almost got it to the finish line. It doesn't matter who's ahead of you if you just keep winning. If you just keep winning, it doesn't matter how many teams you have to pass. You'll pass them eventually. You just got to win. Yes, there are a lot of teams there. But I said the same thing last year right around the same time. Just you got to win. Just keep winning. If you keep winning, those teams can win here or there. They're not all going to keep winning like you, right? That's not going to happen. So you got to make sure you win, and then along the way, you pick one off here, you pick one off there, you keep jumping them. Not going to bank on it happening necessarily, but it might happen. All right. We do have time for more of your phone calls, 803-0550. Let's do it when we come back here. Sal Capaccio on the Extra Point Show on a Wednesday on WGR. We'll get back to football and touch on some more hockey as well. Anything else that's on your mind, really.